For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to this episode of Believe in Sparks presented by Bet Online AG. We continue our exit interviews with a few players on this episode. We'll have the sisters Neka and Chenea Gumake as well as Jasmine Walker. And we're going to begin with big sis Neka. Here is Rashawn Haylock to kick things off. Of course, he was the voice of your LA Sparks this season on Spectrum Sportsnet. What does what are some plans or some keys for you this offseason? Um, as it relates to health, as it relates to um, just basketball in general? Yeah, um, I mean, I think this offseason, like any other offseason, I'm going to work hard to get better in whatever way I can. Obviously, um, working on strength um, after experiencing my injury with my knee. Um, But, you know, nothing really, I guess, changes in how I approach every offseason. It's just to be better um, in whatever way I, I really know how. And I have um, I have the advantage even of being you know not not being pegged to go overseas at this point, um, and being able to go between my hometown Houston and LA, and most certainly um, staying in contact with staff, um, basketball ops, of course, and coaches as I as I work in the off season to just stay healthy and get better. I know you talked about how tough last season was for you and the bubble. Uh, how did this season compare? Uh, it was hard. It wasn't easy. It wasn't any easier than last year. Different challenges. Um, but, you know, if I wasn't built for it, I wouldn't have gone through it. So that's just kind of my approach. Um, and I'm better for it, really. Uh, so I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to uh, overcome what I got through this season and honestly finished the season healthy and strong. You know, I played in the whole second half of the season, so that felt really good. Thank you, and congrats again on the top 25. Thank you. Thanks, Rashawn. We'll go to David Yapowitz with the next. Hey, Neka. Um, you know, I remember when uh, Coach Fisher first got here in 2019 season, um, he talked a lot about, you know, building a culture here um, with this team um, and wanting this to be a place, you know, where players want to come, where players want to play. Um, just a little curious, you know, now that, you know, we're we're in 2021 and, um, and you've been here that whole time, just how how have you seen that culture developing? You know, like what what have you seen, you know, that he's been able to implement and stuff? you know, that that's building the foundation that you guys have here? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really say that there's been much of a difference from when he first came because, um, you know, coach has a philosophy and he he's steadfast about it, but in a way that invites freedom and also um, uh, like kind of authenticity individually um, as far as on the court and off the court. So for it to kind of really take shape this year was interesting, um, especially in a year where, we um, at times felt as though we had to kind of like makeshift something um, because of the changes that we experienced. Uh, you know, we were able to get some nice key pieces that really kept our team afloat given all of the uh, other obstacles we faced once the season kind of started. So 
much of that is attributed to, you know, Fish's philosophy of, you know, just working hard um, and having standard, you know, and, and that's, that standard, it, it starts from top to bottom, bottom to top. And uh, for us to have new faces that really buy into that, um, it's huge, you know, because that doesn't always happen. And I'm really glad that we were able to still have a prominent season, um, given, you know, the challenges that we faced, um, also while we're kind of instilling this new culture. We'll have more with Neka Gumake right after this. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. You mentioned earlier this season at various times that this is a much younger team than you are used to on the Sparks. Usually you've got a lot of veterans. So how did having the, some of those younger teammates around you challenge you as a leader to grow? Yeah, um, you know, I think this team was not only younger because of the composition of the players we had, but also because I'm now one of the older ones. And so I've always been one of the younger ones. So that certainly changed my perspective on things. Um, it took, you know, for me, it took a lot of uh, patience, I guess you could say, um, and compassion, you know, to understand, you know, that not only are they younger, but this is a different generation. Much of the much of the women on my team are my younger sister's ages. So like, I'm not new to, um, you know, just different types of players and, you know, kind of how they've been raised as far as basketball goes. Um, but, you know, being there every day and having to kind of lead in this new way, especially um, with me being honestly like the only spark player that's been here the, the longest. Um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of reflection that I had to do that enabled me to, you know, lead in a way that could be received as well. And also for me to be able to learn from my teammates. And that came with a lot of patience. It came with a lot of just getting to know players, um, especially the ones coming out of college. And um, I, I'm going to, I'm really committed to like spending more time um, with my teammates, whether it's in the off season or in next year, as this kind of new leadership transition um, kind of takes its place in my career. Mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want this to turn into like a those darn youths right now. But um, like, what stands out to you about kind of this new generation of players that you just mentioned? Um, I would say that this new generation of players, you know, they're coming in with their own following. Um, there's, I guess, there's more of which kind of suits LA in a lot of ways. Um, but finding balance is key. There's more of like a, a showtime aspect to people's games. You know, whether it's whether it's how they play, how they engage with their, um, their following. Um, and that is a part of sport culture that I'm really seeing evolve in the same way that, you know, many of the, um, many of the veterans that came before me, you know, they kind of established the precedent for us to be able to speak on our platforms, you know, activism and sport. That's something that didn't necessarily exist as prevalently when I entered the league as it does now 10 years later. And so, um, as I see young players, you know, I follow them in college and I'm still very connected to Stanford. So I'm still, I feel still, I still feel connected to, um, you know, kind of the evolution of the game and sport and athletes. Um, as I see those young players come in to the league, um, 
I'm learning from them, but I'm also hoping that we can continue to strike a balance to make the sport um, as, as premier as it is. Uh, I wanted to ask you, how would you grade or rate uh, the, the job of Coach Derek Fisher this year? And what areas uh, would you like to see the team improve on moving forward? I think Fish does a great job. Um, uh, Shanae and I joke with him and say that he's probably one of the most patient <laughs> patient people that we've ever encountered, maybe aside from like our dad. But he, he, has, um, he has a patience about him. And then he has... Um, a persistence, I guess, maybe not necessarily a persistence, but um, I would say, you know, a, a dedication to to principle, to discipline, to, you know, perspective. And I think that it's all about the long game in terms of, you know, how he coaches and how he teaches and the wisdom he imparts upon us. I know that um, in the three years that he's been here, our relationship has evolved. You know, for me, I'm very um, headstrong when it comes to, um, uh, I guess, you know, problem solving. And and I've learned that there's a lot of patience in just perspective and observing. And that's really much. That's really how he coaches. And I think it lends to players that feel empowered to do. Um, what they know to do on the court and then also eventually of course expand um, their skills their acumen and um, their camaraderie and and although you know from the outside looking in I'm sure a lot of um, people who are just not inside have their own thoughts about how things are going um, but I see the long game now not initially I had to ex exercise the patience that he has I see the long game in terms of, you know, the new era and the culture that he wants to build. And um, I'm here for it. Thanks, Chris. We'll go to Sabrina Merchant with SB Nation. Hey, Neka. Uh, just to build off of that, what exactly does that long game look like to you in Los Angeles? Uh, I mean, I think it looks like what people in Los Angeles are used to when it comes to sports. It's championship city. And um, being a part of that legacy is definitely not new to him. And, um, I've gotten a taste of it as well. Um, but creating legacy and dynasty is, I, I believe what the long game is. Um, <clears throat> we're not looking for one-off seasons, uh, but we are looking for the real ones that understand, um, the importance of the culture of legacy and, um, just championship mentality. How, how important is it to you to be a part of that long-term in LA? I would love for, you know, to be coached by, <laughs> um, you know, a coach that has five rings with the Lakers. I mean, I'm not sure if, if it, it can really get any picture perfect for, you know, a Los Angeles Spark player and me who's been here for 10 years. And so um, I just hope that I can contribute to the legacy um, that I, I think both of our visions share. Thanks, Nika. Thanks, Sabrina. Time for one or two more. We'll go to Kahari Jones Jr. with the LA Sentinel. Hey, what's going on, Neka? Uh, I see that you're focusing on um, just just health with uh, with the WNBPA, and uh, can you elaborate more on that? You know, to take the shot for the win. You are partnering with uh, Black Women's Health and things of that nature. Can you elaborate on what's going on? Yeah, I mean, you know, our initiatives never stopped, you know, it's something that we want to ensure 
that um, is a continuous reminder and educator in our communities. Um, it was amazing for us to be able to partner with the Black Women's Health Imperative um, in the Take the Shot for the Win because, you know, right now we're still experiencing um, a lot of despair when it comes to, you know, coronavirus wreaking havoc on our populations. Um, half of the world's population is vaccinated, I believe, um, but it's still not enough. And we just want to let people know that just because summer came and gone doesn't mean that the pandemic has to. And it's important for us to continue to stay healthy, um, especially in communities where Black women are the head of household in decision-making when it comes to health. And we want, uh, we want everybody who, who uh, either knows or doesn't know about the WNBPA to know that we are, we are here to educate ourselves and to educate each other to make sure that we make the best decisions for our health. NECA was just presented with the 2021 Kim Peratt Sportsmanship Award. It was her third straight sportsmanship award, making her the only player to win this award in three consecutive years. The Kim Peratt Sportsmanship Award is presented each season to a player who exemplifies the ideals of sportsmanship on the court, including ethical behavior, fair play, and integrity. The award is named for the late Kim Peratt, who helped guide the Houston Comets to their first two WNBA championships before passing away in August of 1999 after a seven-month battle with cancer. Congratulations, Neka Agumake, the Kim Peratt Sportsmanship Award for the third consecutive year. And now we hear from Jasmine Walker. Hi, Jasmine. How are you? It's been a very long time. How are you doing? Yes. I'm good. It's good to see you. Just how are you feeling physically right now? Where are you in your rehab? How are you doing? Um, I'm great for us physically. I'm great mentally. Um, for us like uh, therapy and stuff, that's going great. I really feel like I have a brand new leg, brand new knee. Uh, I'm ahead of schedule for us today. You know, I'm just being ahead, being ahead of myself. Well, What's kind of been the most frustrating part of this process? You got hurt so early in the season. Everyone was so excited to see you. And then it just kind of stopped really before it got a chance to start. I think that was the frustrating part. Uh, I didn't get a chance to. Uh, I feel like at the time, my injury, you know, I feel like, you know, coming into this year, coming into the season, you know, I felt like I was, you know, leveling, level, leveling up a certain way. And then, you know, once this injury happened, I feel like it put me like a couple steps back. So I felt like that was the most frustrating part, you know, being able to stop before it started. How much were you able to stay around the team while you were doing your rehab, soak up kind of what they were doing? How did you stay involved during that time? Um, Just trying to work around my, uh, you know, therapy schedule. Um. Always trying to, you know, take notes of what Nick and Shanae tells me. Uh, you know, even when we, you know, I'm on the bench during the games and stuff, you know, they talk to us. They talk to me about, you know, what's going on and stuff. And, you know, being that I'm basically like uh, I recognize basketball. So, like, anything coach write down on the board, like, I pick up quickly anyway. So, I'm always focused when it comes to the team and what they do and what they – and how they prepare for games. Because, you know, eventually I'm being in that same position come next season so from kind of your point of view what did you think about the way your team played uh, among so many injuries and kind of fought really to the last shot to stay in that playoff race 
uh, I'm proud of my girls because, you know, we faced a whole lot of adversity this year, uh, dealing with injuries and with, um, losing some of our key players and stuff. You know, I feel like, and we was one game away from playoffs. So I feel like we, we did good for us, like handling adversity. Thank you. We'll go to, we'll try again, Rashawn Haylock of Spectrum Sportsnet. Hey Jasmine, good morning. Good morning. Um, what does this offseason look like for you just in terms of uh, the continuation of the rehab? Um, and I kind of saw you do some shooting, but in terms of like, um, you know, on the court, more on the court type stuff. Nothing but hard work. Uh, that's what I look to do. That's what I look to continue to do. Uh, I'm only focused on one thing that's coming back healthy and better. Uh, so I'm willing to put, you know, put in the work for it. So that's all I can be focused on. What's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself throughout this? With time, it comes patience. <laughs> With time, it comes patience, and I have to be patient. So uh, I feel like me as a person, I've really grown to accept that. Um, and that's what made this process for me so much easier. Um, I've embraced it. and. I'm running with it. So it's, it's only going to make me a better person, a better player. And who have you sort of lean on the most during this process, whether it be teammate, family, whoever? I more so lead to my mom. I lean on God. Uh, I lean on so many resources. I have friends that check up on me all day, every day. Um, I lean on so many people because, you know, so many people care about me. So many people check up on me. So I, I always have like, you know, that's that sense of support seems like every day, even even it's from my teammates, my team. Like I always have that sense of su support from everybody during this process. Thanks for Sean. We'll go to David Yapkowitz with the next. Hey, Jasmine, it's good to see you, um, yeah. you know, uh, from watching this team all season, um, just what, what did you see in terms of what you can bring on the court that perhaps, you know, they might not have or, you know, that they, they could use there? And um, also, you know, in terms of the culture that, that, you know, Coach Fisher is trying to build, you know, being your first year here, just what did you see in terms of that? Um, I want to say uh, I could always – it's always nice to add on. And uh, being that we're a great team – I could always be a great addition to it. Um, we're apart, we're together. The culture we have here is always become, we're always one. Um, and I feel like we could always just build on that, uh, build on being a team, build on working together. And uh, it's gonna be a fun season next season. So we always look forward to that. We always look forward to getting better. So that's what I can say to that. Time for just a couple more ago to Sabrina Merchant with SB Nation. Hey, Jasmine, um, what were some of the things that you were able to learn from NECA and the rest of those frontcourt players while you were out this season? Uh, the things I learned from NECA, uh, she's so, I love the way she teaches. Uh, she's a great mentor in my aspect. Like, I feel like she's a great vet to have. Uh, she understands the game so well and I don't know. I was so happy for her when she was able to get back on the court and was be able to, you know, play and stuff. Like I was so happy for her because she deserves everything. Um, 
she she breaks down everything. She breaks down the game so well. Like, it's so easy to understand. And uh, I'm pretty sure everybody can say this on the team. Like, we all appreciate her. Uh, Shanae as well. Shanae is a great resource for us on and off the court. Uh, she explains things as well. Like, you know, during the game, me and her is, like, on the bench. And, you know, she always talking about what should have um, been better in this uh, type of situation and stuff. You know, simple stuff like that. Uh, Again, they're great mentors to the team. Thanks, Sabrina. Uh, we'll do two more for Jasmine. We'll go to Chris Camello with Nightcast Media. Hey, Jasmine, thanks for taking the time this morning. Glad to hear everything is, is progressing well. You know, I remember when Ben Simmons uh, in the NBA missed his rookie year uh, with that Jones fracture, and he talked about how that allowed him to not only get better physically, but watch the game from afar. And he, his rookie year was not a typical rookie year. Do you feel like you could have sort of that same kind of concept looking at the game from afar and maybe that'll help you have a more seamless transition in your second year, or I guess you want to call it a, a rookie year rebound or whatever you want to call it. What do you think? Oh yeah, that? I totally agree. Uh, I've seen so much this year that probably would look different if I'm out there playing. Uh, I feel like the game, watching the game, especially like this this whole time is like slowed down for me. So um, like I said, I'm coming to work. I'm be ready, be ready, healthy for this team and stuff. So um, like I said, uh, watching the game, it's, it's been easy um, being that you have the mentors aside you and stuff, explaining stuff to you. Um, yeah, so being that, uh, yeah, I got injured and stuff this year, but it's also been a learning experience for me. So I am uh, appreciative of that. Last one will go to. I'm oh, sorry. Last question will go to Gabby Ducharme with LASparks.com. Hey, Jasmine, thank you for taking the time this morning. Just want to ask, besides rehabbing your knee, what are your plans going into the into the off season? Uh, just staying healthy, um, staying on, you know, the, doing the things I'm supposed to do. Uh, continuing to stay here and work out, you know, and be responsible of what needs to be done. Uh, being able to take care of my knee, continue rehab and stuff. Um, yeah, just get better. Get better every day. Take one day at a time. That's what I look to do. All right, last up for today, we have Chenea Bumake. We'll start with David Yapkowitz with the next. You know, Neka talked earlier about how um, she was always kind of used to being uh, one of the younger players on the team and that how uh, this season in particular, you know, a lot of your teammates were, you know, the ages of your, your younger sisters, um, you know, just uh, as, as being one of the vets on, on this team here, um, you know, just what did you see out of, out of the young group this year, especially, you know, towards the end of the season, the way they kind of kept fighting and, and, and they kept, you know, pushing to, to make the playoffs? Uh, before I start, I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you to everyone that's present here today and that has really supported us this entire year. I know the outcome was definitely not what we had hoped, but um, I think anyone that's here today understands that there was fight. And this was a really fun season for us. And as a member of the media, I think it's always amazing to see media invested in women and women in sport. And so I want to say thanks to everybody. 
with regard to your question, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing I took away, and yes, I had the realization uh, this season that I am on the other side of the spectrum almost, you know, still in my 20s. Yeah, hanging on by a thread. But uh, I, I, I think the younger players, but even more importantly, this is a very unique group that came together for the first time out of the bubble. And we were really excited to play basketball. And I think that sort of showed through the highs and lows. Uh, so being an older player, what I've learned is just, I think I've learned the most about myself, but also learned that, learned what it takes to compete at a high level through this experience, the commitment, the trust. Uh, Coach Fish always puts that on the board, you know, trust, stick together. And I think we stuck together and worked really hard and learned a lot about ourselves individually so that moving forward will be better for this this year. Um, I think a lot of people took a lot of great things from that, especially the young players. We'll go to two. Can you know in with the LA Times? You know, you just, you said you learned a lot about yourself. So what is that that you learned about yourself? I think, uh, you know, it's so funny. It's easy to say it, harder to describe it. I think, you know, every year you learn a little bit more about what it takes to be a professional. And for me, not being able to play as much as I wanted to, I learned how to help create a winning culture without even playing, you know, showing up for my teammates each and every day, supporting however I can and learning to fall in love with the small things, you know, each and every day in practice, like those small steps that would bring me back to the court. Uh, while it was tough to like have to deal with, I think it taught me uh, patience because, um, Life always for me is always in hope, you know, hyperdrive. And this season we've been, I was able to like see every step of the journey and the progress from each. And I think there are literally like steps, running, jumping, playing, competing, getting to learn new teammates. And so I think I learned, I learned how to be patient with myself, but also how to fall in love with the little things that end up becoming big things when it comes to who you are. And obviously you took off last year and I know you were so excited to get back, but. Too excited. <laughs> like how, um, how much do you think that year off last year affected kind of how difficult it was to get back into the swing of playing basketball every single year or every single day? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's something that I think a lot of players have struggled with. If you look at a lot of the players that, you know, had to sit out or chose not to play last year or had, you know, extenuating circumstances, the journey back has not been easy for a lot of us. Um, you know, you miss the game. You're so excited for me. I had watched vicariously and been so proud of everything that the 2020 bubble season had happened that like I was in overdrive and training. Um, and so I think, you know, early on in the season, not taking days off and just going for lack of a better term, balls to the wall <laughs> in everything that I did, I was so excited to be back that you know, you sort of forget like h and you're like 29 years old. h and you've dealt with, you know, some things so that you can't put your body in overdrive 24-7. And so this was sort of a reset to realizing where I'm at and how to get back to where I want to be. Um, and so I guess, you know, this year it's frustrating. It's It was extremely frustrating for me personally, but I think, uh, you know, personally when it comes to the court, but personally for me, like the relationships I fostered with Coach Fish and LT and Fred, uh, hanging out with my sister for an entire summer through a very tumultuous summer, uh, 
you know, getting to know these young players, getting inspired by them. Like there's so many moments that I enjoyed, even though what I expected was not what I experienced. Go to Kahari Jones Jr. with the LA Sentinel. Hey, what's going on, Shanae? Uh, can you just elaborate on just like, you know, um, you know, things that you enjoyed outside of basketball and how did you view the game from, from a different lens? And also I asked NECA about the movement that you guys got going on with the partnership with Black Women's Health and things of that nature. Sure, thank you, Kari. Uh, shoot. Um, wait, what was your first question? Sorry. <laughs> just, just how did you see the game from a different lens? Oh, yeah, see the game from a different lens and not... I think what it allowed me to see was the vision of what we're building. And it's something that is not easy to understand. It's something that requires vulnerability, but vulnerability means strength. Coach Fish empowers us to be who we are on the court, off the court. And it's rare that you have a coach that creates that type of environment. All he asks is that you work. And I think seeing what that means, while people may not understand it now based on where we are, I know, I know in years to come, people will will get that based on what our vision is. Like the vision is clear. Uh, to be the best basketball player you can be, to be the best teammate you can be, to be the best woman you can be. And while it sounds very abstract, it makes the way that he's building that makes a lot of sense. And so I guess from the sidelines, I see that in action. And uh, that, that to me was the coolest. And then with regard to the health, initiatives. I mean, it's just a part of our DNA as WNBA players to care about the last player on the bench as much as we care about ourselves because we find ourselves, unfortunately, in that position in society. And so to be advocates of strength and power and also show the, the show everyone that, you know, it's not about individuals, it's about the collective, which is what we, you know, understand in women's sports, especially Black women in sports. You know, being at the forefront of making sure everyone is safe and secure and healthy during this time, providing educational resources and doing it in a way that's authentically, you know, dope to us, like wearing jerseys, you know, it's it's cool. It's cool. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, Coach Derek Fisher. How would you rate Coach Fisher's job uh, or the job that he did this season? And, I'm not uh, answering what that. What? In, in your in your opinion, well, I mean, he's also did, my last answer pretty much summed it up, right? I get the vision. The vision is clear. This man is a champion, and he has a like a wealth of knowledge that I'm like in a year where I did not play much. I felt like it was one of the best years for me personally, and that's the environment he created. So I will never rate a coach. You guys can sort of get the vibe. Good morning, Chennai. What's up, Rashawn? And by the way, that's like not my my role. I stay in my lane. I'm a hooper here. Please, I'm not an analyst at this time. <laughs> uh, you wear a lot of hats, Janae. I, I, I respect it. Um, but as far as as far as on the court, you, you talked about um, things that you know, just how tough the season was for you on the court. Have you identified some things um, that you want to emphasize or maybe even implement this off season? Um, just in terms of you know. Uh, whether it be improving individual skills or, or, or getting your getting your body back right. Um, have you start, started to, to think about that or put the plan together? 
Uh, first, Rashawn, thank you so much for doing the great job this year with the games. Like, it's great. Our, our team wow. was so much fun. You, Roz, Ali, uh, Spectrum fam, appreciate y'all. Appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, moving, you know, health is wealth. So for me, it's getting my body to where I can play a full season and contribute to the championship culture that we have here. Um, and I think with my game, like, you know, it's funny. I didn't play much you know, relative to what you'd hope a player would be able to do. But like, there are small things that I am proud of, you know, being able to shoot a little bit more from the perimeter, especially from three, make some reads, uh, understand defensive concepts. You know, our team was not necessarily probably one of the, on the, one on the smaller ends of the spectrum, but we had one of the best, if not the best defense overall. And so, you know, learning the game on both ends as a better, you know, as a player, but you know, it's, it's all going to be about, getting my body to where it needs to be so that I can, you know, deliver for LA Sparks fans and for you guys and for my teammates and for this community and keep expanding my game to be more versatile. Thanks, Rashawn. Time for just two more. We'll go to Alex Azzi with NBC Universal. Hey, Shanae, thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, given your unique perspective as an athlete working in the broadcast world, I'd love to get your thoughts in terms of like the women's sports media landscape in the sense that like so often it feels like sports media professionals are legitimized by working on the men's game. And I'm curious for your take on that. And if you'd like to see um, in terms of like broadcasters getting equal respect for working on the women's game. You know, it's funny. Um, I think it's reverse. Like broadcasters in the men get legitimized for watching women because they understand basketball is basketball. And I started off at ESPN uh, and Pac-12 Network, you know, as a in-studio, but then primarily calling games. I don't think a lot of people probably remember the, like those two, three years, but calling women's games for the Pac-12, women's games for ESPN, then it went into studio, then Sports in Africa, then NBA analyst, and now, um, uh, you know, the stuff that's happening now. And so uh, for, for women in, you know, outside of women's sports, I think it's just where society should have always been. Uh, and in reverse for men that are in women's sports, it's, it's like, welcome to the party. Like it's always been consistently great. And so the strides that a lot of women are making, I mean, I just saw Lisa Byington, who's someone I'd worked with years ago, like three or four years ago, becoming, you know, play by play for the Milwaukee Bucks, which is tremendous. Uh, and so like, you know, those moments with like people that I know have been, true to the game in the, its greatest sense, like it, that's what gives me joy and happiness seeing uh, the opportunities. I mean, KT is going soon to coach the Dallas Mavs. Like those things sh are, should be celebrated, but I hope it becomes normal soon. Uh, so for me working, you know, in the NBA, it's amazing. It's so much fun, but I feel like that's just should, that's just how life should have been. I'm grateful for everyone who has, you know, blazed the trail for me to have that opportunity. Um, and I think it's on me to, kill it so that we can keep keep allowing um you know these things to be more normalized was there a second part to the question i can't remember sorry just kind of as a follow-up to that like do you um do you feel like the the same i don't know how to phrase so just say it you got it <laughs> no i'm curious like do you think that there's more um uh, incentive to work in the men's game sometimes? Like, do you wish that there was a higher priority to, hi to hire people in the women's game? 
I don't think there's more incentive outside of like, it's unfortunate that the way that the society is set, set up is that at the moment that is more lucrative, right? So it's financially more stable for someone to pursue X instead of Y just based on where we are right now. I don't think that's where we're going to be in a few years. I mean, in a few years, we'll have the investment in women's sports so that people won't feel like they have to do that because that's probably the better thing for you to create generational wealth, right? Because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, you know, your family and creating for your loved ones. And so I think the incentive is more like, oh, that looks more alluring and is more alluring because that is, you know, the, the more opportunistic financially per se, but like, I, I, I salute everyone who is committed solely to women's sports because that's, that should be the same, you know? So you shouldn't have to make that choice. Mind you, it's fun. Hoop is hoop. Um, so like, it's, that's, that's the goal, right? Like for it to just be an opportunity, not who's league or why, or, you know, like any advantage on the other, if that makes sense. Well, and with uh, John W. Davis and, and congrats. Oh, John with jo John. Wait, what? Southern California News Group now. Oh, no congrats. John snapped my favorite photo and video of the year, like he always does. So he knows what I'm talking about. Thank you so much. What's going on, Janae? How you feeling this morning? Feeling good. Like I said, I'm feeling blessed. <laughs> Never stressed. Sorry, I'm done. I think this is an appropriate question to end on for today. You know, as much as you enjoy playing with this 2021 version of the LA Sparks, we both know that teams never stay the same. Change is a constant in life and sports. So with that in mind, what needs to change for Janae? And then also what needs to change for this team to be successful in 2022? I love this question. Yes. What needs to change is that your girl needs to be available for 32 games of the year. And that's what my off-season mission is. And so, like, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to figure it out so that I can play and, you know, contribute consistently for the squad. That's happening, period. I mean, come hello, high water. Um, and we, we learned a lot. You know, it stinks that we learned as the season was going, but we learned a lot to make sure or at least give me the best chance of that happening. So health is important for me. I think it's, you know, I, I, I have the resources here, you know, whether it is, physical therapists, massage therapists, uh, basketball trainers, strength and conditioning coaches, all that I know that are family here. So like, that's the first time in my career where I feel like I've got every base covered. And I think, you know, a lot of WNBA players, like, while it might sound like, oh, shit, did you always have that? Like, it's not necessarily the easiest for us to figure out our systems for success because a lot of hoopers are on the go. And so now having that um, is a big relief for me. And then on the court, like, just grind, keep grinding, like, keep working on the little things, like the small things that I saw that I was proud of, turn those into big things. And um, yeah, so that's me personally, uh, the changes that I, I, I'm working towards. And then as it sparks, you know what, I don't even think much needs to change. Like, I love our mindset. I love our work ethic. I think, you know, I trust in the organization to, to put us in a position again to be better than we were this year and then just plop us out on the court and and um work our magic like that's how confident i feel in in what we've learned individually and collectively as a team 
We will continue our exit interview conversations with a few more players on next week's episode of Believe in Sparks right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe Podcasts are available to be downloaded or streamed on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, Luminary, iHeart, and our website, Believe.com. Follow us across social medias at Believe Podcasts. You can also follow me. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Stacey Pates. Thanks again for being with us on this episode of Believe It Sparks, presented by our friends at betonline.ag. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.